The following is a paid program and does not necessarily represent the views of iHeartMedia. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. I wondered what you were doing here. I, I, I didn't know. I was coming? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. Can you hear? How's that? I can. We're good. Okay, is that good? Thank you. All right, on News Radio 570 WQBN, how are you, J. Arnold? It's Thanksgiving weekend. It is, and it, could, it, it couldn't be in here faster. I, I give the girls, uh, the staff, the, the, the Friday off after Thanksgiving. Yeah, everybody. We go home early on Wednesday, and... Uh, it's Honestly, a, it just it just can't come soon enough. It just been, I'm ready for it already. Me too. Me too. I'm just exhausted. We had, uh, you know, John. We had uh, this was a big. Uh, I was talking to you prior to going on the air, but I actually went uh, was going with the ball and chain to the grocery store, and when we picked up the turkey, hey, now John, you thought of me. Twenty five pounds. Okay. That's a beautiful size turkey. That's a big turkey. Uh, it is a big turkey. We thought we were stuck with a 21-pounder, but she found a 25-pounder. Beautiful. Well, are you guys going to eat all that? Well, we was, uh, you know, my myself, my family, relatives, all right. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, oh, by geez, the time you got man. 10, 12 people or whatever, there's not much left, man. That's one of my favorite meals. Come on. I, you know, i got to disagree. I, I wife, love the turkey, the stuffing, the mashed school, potatoes. My wife's an old-school farm girl. I mean, she just she's just an old-school farm girl. She loves Thanksgiving dinner. The mashed potatoes, I love it too. Cranberry, man, I could give a rat's ass. You know the truth. Give me some pasta. Get uh, out of here! Yeah, I swear. Oh, I, I, you're killing me. I, oh man, that turkey to me is just tasteless and dry. Oh no, my no. parents salivate over that stuff, man. I'm, like, you know, I'm with your parents because when we had that turkey in a cart, I was just looking at it, thinking, boy, I can't wait till Thursday. You know, I got humongous turkeys in my backyard. I mean, I'm some of my guns look like they took steroids. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> and every time we uh, we hit we uh, we go we get a turkey for whatever holiday, I start I start thinking about that's what I'm eating. Right. This ugly gobble gobble. But they taste thing. great. I, yeah. I mean, they don't taste bad, but they, I'll, give me a flaming yawn any day of the week. Well, I'll take you to a farm and look at a cow. That's what you're eating there. <laughs> That's your philosophy. I know. It's not my philosophy. I just think it's tasteless and dry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, you know, but it's all about the day. It's it all is about all the about the day and that kind of stuff. All right. So the markets, let's get down to business here, Mr. J. Arnold, Mr. Money. Uh, the market is soaring. What's up with this? Man, I told you the market was going to like Trump. I told you that. Is, is this about Trump or is this? <clears throat> um, I think it's the upcoming administration. I think there's a there's an up underlying confidence um, because I can't contradict myself too much here. So or I'm going to start selling a politician. But I have <laughs> said in the past that the market and the president of the United States have really nothing directly to do with each other, and that is true. The 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 president of the United States does not press a button and tomorrow oil's better or bad or the stock market's the Nasdaq's down because the president has to press the button. But there is an underlying fear and greed philosophy, right? So when there's more greed in in in, in the market, there's a, there's a buying uh, philosophy. There's a, there's a buying tre- trend, which is what we have now. If there's a greed, if there's a fear philosophy, like we had the day of his election or the night of his election and upcoming, uh, you're gonna have low volume and high volatility and, and a high fear gauge, and you're gonna have a downward downward market. I think that uh, the market overall. 
inevitably, as much as they don't like to admit it, just like the voting polls, likes the Trump likes the Trump administration rebuilding the infrastructure, buildings, and that's why it continues to yeah, go up. Building materials, right? And that's so, what I think, anyway. And not to mention, I, I'll be honest, and, and out of defense of Barack Obama and, and their followers, he hasn't done a bad job. He well, hasn't the market's done a been going up. Job, right. Up. So we're not in a bad place is what I'm saying is an economy, and we're preparing for the Santa Claus rally. Now, now before you get to that, is uh, one of the things I know from interviewing John Arnold on our Monday Investing mm-hmm. show is when the market keeps going up like this, there's parts of that you don't like because the, the everything keeps going up price-wise. Sometimes you like a fallback, right? Yeah, we got that. Before the election, we had nine straight days of S&P down. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, I had my clients out of the market about four weeks prior to that. So mm-hmm. uh, we got into it right. And uh, we got into these sectors right. You got out right, and you got in right. Yeah, we got, so you know the thing about it is, is people want that overnight like gift. They want they want instant gratification, and so unfortunately, it's not realistic. So they they think that you know you're supposed to automatically magically make the next one ten percent because you played it right to both sides. No, it takes time, and if it was that easy, everybody'd be doing it. But we we got in right and got out right and we're in the right sectors. I'm very confident. I've been as confident in years. Mm-hmm. And you and now now you think it's going to go from this going up into the Santa Claus rally, as you I do. call it. Well, I think the Santa Claus rally started. If you want the truth. Well, wait a minute. It's not even Black Friday yet. I know. I hate that's not actually that. There's a new name for Black Friday. What's that? J. Arnold Friday. Why is so it? So I've just renamed it that. Oh, okay. Because I can't stand calling it. Black Friday. I hate that word. Why? Why? Because uh, that's that when that? stores go from the red to the black. I know, I know, but I think that's so stupid. Really? And not to mention they've done a study on it, and you don't, you're not getting a deal whatsoever. Now wait a minute. People are, uh, you know, st- stores are opening earlier, and people go out and stand in lines and this kind of stuff. Although, and the internet does stuff like that. But you're, but you're anticipating a Santa Claus rally because of what consumer sales you think are going to be good? Yeah, I mean, just like you said. I mean, I'm, I'm kidding, of course, with the whole. Uh, renaming of it, but in all seriousness, I kind of like that name, though. I figured you'd like that. Thank you. Um, in all seriousness, I think that uh, consumer confidence is a little bit there. Uh, like you said, people are, you know, shareholders are going to the executives because executives get bonuses, and if you have a, if you have a traditional fiscal year, like many co- companies do, instead of July to the July, a lot of people run a traditional fiscal year. They're trying to make their end, their end, you know, their fourth quarter end, and that's when a lot of CEOs and executives make their bonuses. So, you know, they'll do a lot of things to inflate their share price for those reasons. Um, it's the same way. If you talk to a car dealer, if you talk to um, Shorty or, or Jim Whetstone or Greg Greenwood, and, and if, you, if you really pin them down and say, you know, how important is it to you to get that inventory out, you know, before January 1st hits, and they're going to all tell you extremely, very important. Now, why is that? They want to make, they want to find out where they measure up year to year. Mm-hmm. That's how they, that's how they measure themselves. And, not to mention, in January and February, suck for businesses, including the one I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people are... Uh, now, know, why is that? Explain that after, to me. You know, they spend oh, too much broke money. broke after the holidays. Spend too much money after the holidays. You know, half the country's under snow. People are pissy and, and whiny, and I'm one of them. I hate the snow and the cold. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> You know, there's just not a good feeling about things, you know, Jim. I'm with you on this, man. I know. Like, we're we're all pumped up because the holidays are coming, the new year. But afterwards, it's like, oh, now it's it's winter and we're looking forward to spring, which is a long ways off, right? You pop the balloon, it's like... I think you're right. Maybe that's why I'm down in the dumps. Uh, That could be one of the reasons. January, February, you know what I mean? So, yeah, after the college football national championship, you got two months of straight boringness. Right. Uh, 
basketball. Yeah. So college basketball is pretty good. I hate, I hate, I hate pro sports period anymore. Really? Yeah. Why? I can't stay. They're, 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 they're money hungry. The, 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 are you serious? Yeah. The NFL? Incidentally, I see the ratings are down in the no, NFL. No, yeah. But the you Rodgers, don't like the NFL? I can't stand, I can't stand, I literally hate it. Why? I used to love. You're a big sports guy. I used to love, I'm telling you, my mom thought I was going to turn in the Walter Payton when I, in, in the 80s. I literally, I mean, my bedroom was plastered mm-hmm. the walls of Walter Payton. I wore the kangaroo shoes, mm-hmm. number 34, to school every three days. I mean, it, I was, missed, I mean, I love the NFL and I loved everything the Chicago Bears stood for and I just was Mr. Football and, you know, I love, you know, I'm that same way with Ohio State now. I've been following Ohio State since I knew what a football was. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are on the bandwagon now; they're doing well. But I've been—I remember the uh, the downtrodden years, the lean years, the, yeah, the Earl Bruce years to the John Cooper years. Anyways, I'm getting off track here. Those guys take off plays; they'll hold out for contracts over, you know, because you know I didn't get my twenty million dollars instead of only getting eighteen. All kind of horse horse manure, you know. I, I can't say what I really want, and. The game is slow, so slow. It seems like there's a commercial every two minutes, and, and there's right. a replay every two minutes, and there's some stupid penalty. It's football. So it's the NFL football. has lost you somewhat. NFL and the NBA has lost me. Do you think that's it? Now I'm going to ask you a question outside mm-hmm. of finances. Do you think that's why the numbers are down? Because they lost me specifically? Yeah, because of people feeling the yeah, same way you yeah, do about yeah. it. Yeah, if you go on Facebook. It takes too long yeah, to place and all yeah, that. Yeah, if you go. I mean, the Goodell knows. Now, what about, now, Do you you don't see that as a problem in college football then? No, not. they're doing a good job of trying to ruin it, but no. You, if you look at the, the turnover, <laughs> the, if you look at, like, at the, you know, they did the Boza last year, if you watch, if you watch the Notre Dame game. Boza had, a, had a, a helmet to chest hit. It was a perfect tackle because the referees... Referees are trying to make a point. I don't. I want to watch football for what it is. I don't. I remember, and you remember, back in the seventies and the eighties, where you would see Terry Bradshaw get picked up and body slammed mm-hmm. and basically crippled on spot. And damn it, if that guy was <laughs> that guy was back in that next play trying to wreak havoc. That's what those days was. are gone now. I mean, when I was coached up, I was you know that was your enemy during those four quarters. Mm-hmm. You treated him as such. I mean, you didn't do anything across the line, but you took it to the line. Now, you know, it's like watching people bake a Tupperware or a, a cake and have Tupperware. We sanitized it too much. It's not for me. But, um, but and, college has still got, got Cole, your and attention. Here's the reason. Those kids are playing for a reason. If you talk to Trestle or you talk to those other guys uh, or, or the Stoops boys or whatever, you, those kids are playing because that's their light at the end of the tunnel. That's their paycheck. That's what's going to carry their family to the next promised land. And they're playing every down to hopefully get recognized by an NFL scout. Once you make it to the NFL, it's the gravy train, right? Right. So that's why if you lo- a lot of uh, college coaches don't make it, like Saban didn't make it in the NFL. Uh, Carroll, um, you know, he's doing he did actually pretty good to be honest with you. But his first stint with the Jets was a dud. Mm-hmm. You go on and on and on. The college to NFL carousel has been a dud because Saban and Trestle and Urban Meyer and those guys, they had that little that little carrot. Up here, mm-hmm. you know, you listen to me equals playing time. You give a hundred percent equals playing time. And maybe the you don't NFL. get that. You don't get the grades. No playing time equals no NFL. How you like that? But well, that's what, a motivator, what, exactly. man. Exactly. So in the NFL, these people, you know, these guys are worried about, you know, their Bentleys and and then, uh, you know, all kind of hor- you know, all, all kind of. Crap. So it's just but too much about. It's just, uh, yeah, it's uh, about the money. I it's actually agree money. with that. Uh, I actually agree with your assessment of that. Yeah, All right, thanks. so the Santa Claus rally's coming. 
and the market will continue to go up more. Is to, do you foresee? You know, everything's just an opinion. Where that could uh, take a uh, an adjustment, as you say. Oh yeah, yeah. January, gonna, February, when? Yeah, no. I think you're honestly. I think you're gonna. I'm telling you, there's an underlying confidence. I can't describe it. I'm, I'm my business owner clients and 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 physicians and all kind of people that I talk to. They have an underlying confidence about them. Because they, of Trump. Because of Trump, and they feel like American order has been restored, um, and and that's that. And and the liberals' problem with Trump is not the business part of it. Uh, you know, they they understand it's a social it. issue. It's a social issue, and I, I feel bad because a lot of my uh, clients are Democrats, and they're they're downtrodden, they're hurt. Mo being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just told him, man, that, you know, business is, life is going to go on. Suck it up and, and try to enjoy these years. So, so that's that. But I, there's an underlying confidence on the business side. Um, that you hear from your clients. Uh, yeah. Those they, that they, are there. They, yeah, they feel on the stock market end of things anyway. We're in good shape. I can't promise that. Right. So, so then you don't, let's see, 2017. Hard to say for the whole year, though, right? I mean, but you're but you're you're pretty positive on it. Uh, I'm very positive. I'm very positive. There's only one scary thing that comes to mind. And what is that? I want to know. There's only been two bull markets that have lasted longer than six and a half years. And has this one been six and a half years? We're approaching eight. Oh, really? Yeah. So, 2009 was the start of the the, the bull market, right? Mm-hmm. So. You know, at the end of 2017, you're going to be the 2000, 2000 you know, in a year bull run. Um, bottom line is, is we're due. We're due for somebody to let the air out of the balloon. But the thing is, is I don't see the catalyst. So they have the regulations on the banking side too much. So the, I don't see the mortgage industry taking us down. The only thing I see is the same thing Bill Gross was saying. Bill Gross was saying, hey, this bond market is ready for a blow up. And when the bonds start to fail, it's going to be an, an absolute... Explain dominant. that, please, to our listeners. So it makes a bond go up and down as interest rates. So when interest rates go up, bonds go down. So if you look at the exact opposite of what happened in the early 80s, right? The the, the Carter years, the early Reagan years, we were at 14 to 16% interest rates. You could afford one-fourth the home you could afford in, say, 2002. And that's because interest rates made the payments so bad. Mm-hmm. People were investing a lot of money in the banks, which made banks great because of the CDs and the savings accounts. And they called them pass, passbook accounts, I guess, back then. Uh, so, you, so you've had a 30-year bull market in bonds because bonds were all-time highs. Interest rates have gone down. Bond prices have gone up, right? It's an inverse effect. Look at where interest rates are, are, are right now, right? Yeah. All-time lows, the lowest we've ever seen. So in the only place they can go is up. up. So and that's bad for bonds. It is, and the other thing is, and and, and usually, if I go by what you're saying, if I read into what you're saying, so then if the economy does better because this confidence with Trump, then interest rates will be raised. Exactly. So you're gonna you you might have an inflationary environment too, to where paychecks have not caught up to the cost of goods and services, because the cost of goods and services are on the feel good train, you know, because because the economy is doing better, but have has you know have the paychecks raised with it. And has the interest on accounts raised mm-hmm. with it, you know, safe accounts. And there's a lot of safe money in, in the United States. There's, you know, it's not all into the stock market or the commercial says the stock market casino, which I think is crap. Too, Where's the safe money in? The safe money, you know, is in savings accounts and money markets and, to, and, and, they bonds? Don't like, and, and bonds. And they don't like having them there, but that's their safe haven. If the interest on that money is not keeping pace with 
the inflationary environment, you got a double whammy. So it's not, it's not, as a matter of fact, that, that Donald Trump got himself into a mess, I'm going to tell you. Right. I, I mean, mean, that guy had literally stepped into. It's a tough time. Yeah. To, to fix a, pile a lot of, of this. You know what? Right. And, and with terrorism, with health care, with the job creation, all that kind of but stuff. But even more than that, I mean, if that bond market blows up, you could forget about it. I mean, it's going to be disastrous. Corporate bonds failing, state municipalities failing. Uh, so you're talking failing bonds. I'm talking failing bonds. I'm talking. I just thought you were talking about. Uh, okay, all right. Not even, well, okay. Let's let's. Uh, that's a little bit. I'm going to put the ga- the needle on the gauge a little bit too far. That's an exaggeration. Let's just say this. I see bond prices dropping dramatically. So imagine you owned a bond at a thousand dollars a bond. And now it's two hundred dollars a half year from now. So you, get, you lost eighty percent of your value. Yeah, your interest rate might be the, the monthly check might be going up or the semi-annual check. But you're when you open up your statement, you got eighty percent less than what you had last December. That's scary, man. Oh yeah, big. So what? So what would your thoughts be for people? A lot of times, people are in four hundred one ks. And they I, might have I would bonds. stay away from any long-term bonds. So if you see the term high yield. So if you're in bonds, you should maybe think about shifting out of them and going yeah. in back into the market or something. Well, or? first of all, you want to talk, because the listenership, some are savvy, some are not. And some just frankly don't care. So the listenership out there, you want to talk with a professional first, even if not me. Talk with somebody you trust or a couple people, your tax advisor, whoever. Someone who has a, a pulse on this thing. Or their finger on the pulse and say, you know, based on my allocation here. Or based on what I heard John Arnold yeah, say on or, the radio. You know, what, and, and based on what I heard, what, where do you think we should go? Yeah, I, I basically, because I read between the lines and I don't have to read between the lines with you. Bonds is a, right now you're not being hurt, but you're saying if you're in bonds, you might want to think about getting out of bonds uh, in in um, months ahead. Yeah, once they dip, we're on a dip. It's right. too late. Now you're trapped. Okay, and and but... You know, it used to be, well, when you got, uh, what, I know that this is a stereotype. You know, when you're 50, you put 50% in stocks, 50% in bonds. You know, bonds were the safe haven where you put your money so it's not risk in the market. So now the person who has them in bonds, where are they going to put that money? You know what? I think SP 500 index fund is not a bad deal for you folks out there that are looking to spread your risk. You can, you can stomach a little bit of volatility. And uh, if you believe in the top 500 country, companies, Capitalization-wise, the United States mm-hmm. um, succeeding or you know continuing to stay in business, then the SP 500 is probably your place. If you're willing to hold the bond ten years for the ten-year bond period, uh, or if you can hold that same amount of time for the SP 500, I think you're going to be in better sh- good shape. The problem is, is people can't emotionally handle the ups and downs of the stock market, and the bonds kind of obviously give them that that artificial gravy trade. It's come to an end. The days of you being able to hide in PIMCO total return bond fund are come to an end. And and the guy, what was the guy's name that used to run PIMCO? You were that saying was Bill Gross. All right, and he's he, he's uh, out of bonds or he's out of bonds because he was Mister Bonds. He's in real estate and commodities and gold, mm-hmm. which is kind of a double dip there with commodities. I mean, that's but, really strange for him because uh, he knows he sees the writing on the wall. Bill Gross is in touch with so many. So much, I mean, so many bigger things than I'm ever going to be. I mean, he's a multi. But when you look at that, that gives you some insight into what's going on, right? It does. But you know what else he's saying? If he's invested in gold and commodities and real estate, he's talking about an inflationary environment. 
which is a double whammy. Mm-hmm. Because those things are going to go up on inflation, right? Gold, you know? what are commodities? Just uh... Yeah, you know, commodities, oil, okay, precious metals of any kind, mm-hmm. uh, wheat, food, something, you know, anything that's tangible, anything that, uh, you know, is, I want to say earth-grown, so to speak. Um, that now, would he be buying those sectors in an ETF or actually buying the stuff? Uh, honestly, because I, I don't, no one really knows Bill Gross's portfolio, but I'm assuming ETFs. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, a lot of guys like him, with the money they have, they'll buy, you know, obviously physical gold. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like we told before, like we talked before, I, I'm not a big believer in that. And Bill Gross hasn't been on top of his game as far as predicting things lately. So I'm hoping this, this is one of the times he's wrong. But, uh, so what is so what are you doing with uh, let, let's talk about new people that uh, you know you have your, your all the money that you have under management now mm-hmm. which you have uh, you know uh, basically folks three groups low risk medium risk high risk and and different um, uh, what do I say different groups of people are in and different investments that they're in as a result of that based on the risk level yeah so what do you do now with new money that's coming in? That uh, with with the market going high, you're still jumping into it because you're at this point. I mean, how, yeah, yeah. I but mean, I, once, I, if somebody once, comes to see you this week or next week or the week following, saying, "Okay, John, what, what do you recommend?" Well, I'm going. I, I'm recommending something similar to what I just talked about: building materials, uh, construction, um, things like Caterpillar and URI and. Um, Cement, you know, those kind of things. The infrastructure rebuilding our country. I think, I think that the Trump administration is going to get that done. I do. I think, and as a credit to Obama, he tried to get it done. And, uh, and he's talking about fixing health care. Still and like I think healthcare? fixing health. Yeah, I still love health care. I think health care is going to be a great play for you folks out sectors. there listening. Okay. Sectors, because if they can, if they can maximize profitability and make it fair to the United States consumer and the doctors and the hospitals, they're they're going to have a match made in heaven. It's not an overnight thing, but they're going to get it. They're going to get it right. I don't know when they're going to get it right. Uh, pharmaceuticals have taken a beating over the past three months. It's a good place. It's a good time to get in. Banks. I love banks right now. Mm-hmm. I I personally, as a as a person, don't like banks. Um, but, but as an but investor, as an sector, I, I love. Why banks. do you like them as an investor? Uh, interest rates are going to float up, which is going to be more attractive to put money into a bank again to get some yield. Uh, the regulations, I think, are going to get a little bit broader, meaning that. I don't think it's going to be as tight. I think the the Dodd the Dodd Frank rule is going to be a little bit more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, as the economy gets a little bit better and the confidence goes up, more people are going to be lending or borrowing, and that's where banks make their money. Um, and the banks have been in kind of a rut for the past two years. Uh, if you look at the XLF, which is the uh, banking ETF, it's been mm-hmm. really blah. All right, so it charged up for a couple of years right out of the boom of 2009, and then flattened out and Really, the banks become unattractive from just a per- perspective that they just haven't been a really good investment. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all changed. That has all changed, and I think you can make some money in that. All right, we're talking with John Arnold. It's uh, his uh, Monday night investment show, 729-9977. All right, you got any questions about making money, uh, your investments, John's thoughts about your 401K, John's thoughts about your investments, John's thought about uh, your marriage. John's thought about uh, your success. No, anything as far as investing is concerned. You've got comments or questions? Pick up the phone. Give him a call. 729-9977. We'll get you through to us, all of you uh, investors. 729-9977.
729-9977. We'll get you through to us. Let me go to uh, Bill out there in the interstate. Bill, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Bill. Uh, I've got a really interesting question for you. Uh, I listen to you every Monday night on my drive home from work, and I noticed um, you've been really um, not too um, um, fond of bonds at this point. Right. He just was talking about that, yes. Yeah. And um, I'm the treasurer for a local nonprofit organization, the Western PA, and I was looking at um, investing in a fund. It's called the Franklin Templeton Pennsylvania Tax-Free Bond Fund. Yeah, I know and, well. The Ohio one or the Pennsylvania one? Right. And I personally invest in the PA one, and it has done extremely well. Yeah. But I'm very concerned about investing some of our organization's money into that fund. I, if I were you, I'd be very concerned, especially the PA one. And by the way, I've made a ton of money on the Franklin Templeton Class C share uh, bond uh, municipal bond fund. For- it's, it's a five star fund. It's very inexpensive. Franklin Templeton, in my opinion, is probably the best fund group in the in the history of bond investing that I know of. So you got it all. You got it positive on all ways. So congratulations to you. However, when you want to get out of something, you want to get out at the top, right? And when you want to get into something, you want to get in the bottom. If you were to look at a chart on that municipal bond fund you're, that you're talking about, I want to see it's F O T C Y X, just by memory. And you look at a chart on it, um, a five-year chart, you're going to see an incline, a sharp decline, and then another sharp incline. And it looks like it's probably topping out. Municipal bonds aren't going to be as dramatically affected, dramatically affected by a tax increase as say a corporate bond fund, but they still will take the decrease. This is not as dramatic effect because the term of the bonds are, and municipal bonds are usually shorter. Uh-huh. And then obviously the grade is a lot better. Usually it's either a triple B or higher. And then yeah. the other thing you obviously want to look out for is that strength. <coughs> Of uh, the municipality. Um, now, this could, this actually could start not backfiring, but contradicting what I've been saying for the past three, four years. So, if industry starts coming back because the Trump administration is trying to attract uh, business back from China and India and impact in, in all in Indonesia back in the United States, that's going to be it's going to be interesting to how the strength of the bond market holds up on the municipal side, because all of a sudden now <clears throat> your tax revenue base is, is increasing. You got to you got you're in a pickle there man you really are in a pickle because you're playing hooky with the bond market right now. You know with yeah. interest rates on the rise um that's a scary one but at the end of the day you don't want to miss a great ride based on the municipality's uh strength as far as industry industry revenue coming back. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes because it's a no-win deal because you might miss the ride on on the way up or <laughs> or you ride it all the way down you're answering to your to your uh, board and saying, you know, why did we pick this? And you say, well, this is the reason. You can't win. It's a thankless job what you're doing there. But I know why you're doing it. Unfortunately, you know, any kind of safe yield out there is too risky. Or it's not. there's not enough yield, which is a bank uh, thing. So there's something I can offer you out there for free. If you guys get in a real pickle, we offer a 1% FDIC money market, which I know is 4.5% less than what the Franklin Templeton Fund's paying. But if... Uh, you know, there's nothing in the for me. I just I have that particular money market at my fingertips with no charge. 
but I do have a money market that pays one percent. Other than that, your other your other avenue might be what's called a limited maturity bond fund, uh, high grade, and that's going to get you about three percent with very little risk. Listen to this, so guys, when you talk bonds, there has already been a big move from bonds to stocks since Trump's stunning victory November eighth. Uh, the week of the election, bond funds saw 18 billion in outflows, the biggest move in three and a half years, according to Bank of America's Merrill Lynch. Meanwhile, stock-based funds took in 28 billion, the largest inflow in two years. So that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Smart, uh, smart money's getting out of bonds so, right yeah, now. Yeah, trying to get ahead of it. Which is what I'm so they're to getting out of bonds. Uh, let's see. This guy thinks financial. You were talking about that, and energy stocks should be winners mm-hmm. thanks to uh, higher interest rates. And he said consumer-oriented sectors will benefit from Trump's expected tax cuts. So that goes along with what you were saying. Absolutely, it does. Bill, did you get that gist? What's that? Did you get the gist of that? I'm sorry. Uh, just crossed the state line. The signal broke up there. He said, did you get the gist of what he was saying? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And if I'm, if you're restricted by your plan documents on the kind of risk you could take, am I right? Yeah. Uh, well, I pretty much call the shots financially for the organization, well, and well, all I do is just make my recommendations. Well, they allow you to do that a la carte. Uh, I'm uh, open for any suggestions. All right. Well, give my office a call. Keep listening. We'll be glad to help you out for free. We're no pressure, no obligation. I, I do that all the time with people. When I, maybe I win you over someday, maybe I don't, but I'll definitely use some help. All right, okay. thanks. All News right. Radio 570 WKBN back with John Arnold right after this. This is a Bloomberg Market all closed at all-time highs. The Dow Jones Industrials rose 88 points, or one-half of 1%, to 18,956. The Nasdaq closed 47 points higher, and the S&P 500 added 16 points. Small-cap stocks have been on a roll. Robert Dahl of Nuveen Asset Management talked to Bloomberg about how small businesses could do well under the Trump administration. They're primarily domestic companies. As the dollar moves up and the Trump administration favors things domestic, small companies get another wind in their sails. And Dahl says most small firms pay the full tax rate, so they will benefit from any cut in business taxes. The identity theft protection provider LifeLock is being taken over. Symantec is buying LifeLock for $2.3 billion to boost its cyber defense technology. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Radio. Now back to the Jay Arnold Wealth Management Show. And here he is, John Arnold. Comments or questions, call John now. He's here till 7 tonight. He's taking on all calls, all questions, all comers. 729-9977 if you want to get in touch with John, who's sitting right there in chair number one. 729-9977. you got a comment or question about investing. Uh, remember what he said, bonds, uh, not a good area to be in right now. Any other questions you might have, 729-9977. I have three lines open in Youngstown if you want to talk to John. Uh, pick up the phone, give him a call. 729-9977. We'll get you through to us. 729-9977. Trump, uh, things are going good. Santa Claus rally's coming. And, uh, so he's optimistic for now. Well, let me break, let me, let me entice those calls a little bit if we could. Well, I'm going to take one, I think, here momentarily okay. if you just well, stand by. Hey, listen to this. The market continues marching upward at a torrid pace, defying 
you know, the, the predicted economic collapse should Donald Trump be elected. It's one of the articles that, uh, that, uh, that they're talking about. But they say a couple of bad headlines and a higher than expected inflation report could turn this market around in a heartbeat. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, just, that's what we just talked about. My, my, I mean, so that... Yeah, I mean, that's what identically to what I just said. And they probably write that a little bit uh, in better form than I say it, but that's what I just said. Right, so you're saying you got to be, be cautious of what could take place. Absolutely. I mean, if things get too... If, if, if things get better, which they can, there's always the ramification that there could be... Um, what do I want to say? The, the, it's a double-sided sword, right? It absolutely is. All right. All right. So, anyway, three lines in Youngstown. Talk to John, 729-9977. If you want to get a hold of John, he's going to be here, what, 20 more minutes? 729-9977. We'll get you through if you want to talk stocks, bonds, 401ks, mutual funds. Pick his brain. See what he's going to do. And by the way, for that fellow that was out there on the thing, if you want to get together and meet John, you call his office for an appointment, and it's as simple as that. You simply call his office for an appointment, and uh, they'll take it from there, right? Arrange uh, a time yeah. when, they, when they can come down and meet you, and you can help him out or, or whatever, right? Absolutely. All right, just real quick for you, sir, the number for the office is? 330-965-9890. Again, 330 330-965-9890. All consultations are free and no pressure. Right, and he's located right in Canfield. Yep. Uh, so, you, I mean, it's close for everybody right there in Star Center Plaza, if you will, right off of 224. Or you can also catch him off of, um, what is that, Lockwood and Tippy over yeah. there, where you can get in that way. So it's over by the Poor House, uh, which is odd. The bar is called the Poor House, but uh, the Rich House is right down the road where, <laughs> where, where Arnold will help you make a, a, a ton of money. That's what it's all about. So that's what I... What I want to do. All right, let me try, uh, let me try line one here. News Radio 570 WQN and Ron Verb. Do you want to talk to John here tonight? Hello. Hello, caller. Are you there? I don't know if I got the, are we there? Oh, apparently not. I'll put it back on hold. All right, I'll let Denny take care of that and let him get, uh, get through all this kind of stuff and see what we got waiting there. All right. Bear with me for a minute here. All right, what else is going on, John? 401k advice. You got any? If people come in, you'll help them out with that. Is and say, by the way, guys, if you're self-employed, you want a SEP account, right, John? For the, before uh, you want a you want a SEP or simple, depending on what your accountant says is suitable for your business. You want a SEP or simple, absolutely. Which is like your own type of retirement, is what I'm trying to no, say. No, it is. So the beautiful part about being a business owner is, if you have earning income and you have your own EIN. If you are calling your own shots, you can set up a simple IRA and uh, or SEP IRA. Right. And the the maximum allowable contributions are unbelievably large compared to that of an ordinary individual. So you can tax defer. You can defer so many thousands of dollars uh, if you don't need them. If you're a business owner, and you should be teaming up between uh, obviously teaming up with your accountant, teaming up with your business lawyer, and obviously. Your financial advisor, your investment advisor, and those three, those three quarterbacks and yourself should be able to come together and give you the best retirement plan for your business and the best tax, the best tax deduction with the optimal, uh, obviously, return on investment that is possible. So what I do is I tell our, our, our clients, our business clients, listen, have your, have your CPA run, uh, run a, run a, a ratio and quicken. Or Peachtree or whatever they run, and do one without doing a simple, and do one with playing around contributions into the simple and the SEP, 
And again, uh, deciding which one's more of a human resource accounting one, but you decide which one. And if you're going to write the same exact check to the IRS as you would for yourself, why don't you just write the check to yourself instead? Right. And meaning this, if you owe $20,000 to the, the, the IRS, by doing a, sap, a simple, then you put $20,000 into that instead for you and your wife or just you, if you, qual- if you, you can hit those amounts. You just gave your money to yourself versus the IRS, but you know so many of my business owner clients, are, and I'm one of them, <laughs> we get so tied up with taking care of our business and taking care of the customers that write our paycheck, mm-hmm. you actually forget to take care of your own. And, right. and I'm one of them. I'm, you know, the, the kids, the, the cobbler kids have no shoes. Right. I'm one of those guys where my clients come first. Right. And unfortunately, my health and my, my own personal matters come second. And because I have the stresses of a businessman and... Uh, taking care of other people's finance, and there's only so much time in the day, unfortunately, and that's that. All right, Maggie in Canfield, you're on with John Arnold. Hi, Maggie. Hi, um, got a question about annuities. You Good. Want to talk about annuities. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for calling. Yeah, um, my husband just retired and got a little bit of money, and we put it into annuities. Well, you got a you got a trick question there because you have so many variables. Of the question you don't. But here's the and to be fair to you, you don't even know it. Do you know what kind of annuity you're in? I'm sorry, what? Do you know what kind of annuity that you are in? Uh, give me examples. Are you in a variable annuity? Are you in an index annuity? Or you uh, in a fi- you're in a variable. Okay, well that means you're in the best one of the three. Um, how old are you? Uh, in sixties. All right, so you're in your sixties. Uh-huh. Um, is your goal to never run out of the, never run out of money for the rest of your life? Um, <laughs> that would be nice, but I don't, you know, sure, I don't want to run out of money. Well, the the, the question is literal, and it's not designed to be trick. I know it sounds like a trick question. It's not. So the annuity is designed to make your money a pension. The backfire on that is, and and believe it or not, I sell a lot of annuities to people who can't take the. Uh, take the risk or not want to take the risk of the stock market against my advice, by the way. I always ask the client to please consider going outside the annuity first. And because once we go into the annuity, we're kind of, we're kind of tattooing ourselves for life. The fees are extremely high. They're three to three and a half percent. The only way to get your guarantee is to, to do what's called a withdrawal benefit, which means when you take your money out, you got to draw it out. You just don't take it out all at once with the guaranteed amount, which is what you have, I'm sure. Yeah. What what company did you use? I'd rather not say. No, no, no. Uh, no. no. Who's the annuity Who's with? The annuity not with uh, where you went. Like uh, Prudential, I, MetLife, etc. I don't know. Oh, wow. That's something uh, you, you should know, ma'am. I, and I'm not saying not to be insulting. I just, you want to take control of your finances because if that's a bad annuity. In company, other words, who issued the annuity? Yeah, I want to make company? sure it's a strong annuity. I'm not the broker. Strong. Right. Right. I would never uh, ask that on the radio, just so you know. I don't know off the top of my head. It sounded good at the time, and it's been well. We've had it for a while, and I, you know, I don't keep that kind of information on the top of my head. Do you know what your guarantee is? I don't understand the vernacular. Um, I've I just heard different things that um, a friend of mine said. Oh, annuities are bad. Annuities are bad. In, in, in general, John, answer your questions. In general, I will say this: you don't like annuities. 
in general because the fees are very high and it locks up your money. And, and more importantly, I think like my, my like like this this very nice person here, she doesn't understand it because it probably wasn't fully explained to her. And well, I'd no, so- it was fully explained. I okay. made sense, and I understand the numbers, and the numbers look good. I do have a financial background. The numbers definitely sounded good. I, I don't understand the particulars and the you know the some of the vernacular, but I didn't see a downside. I mean, sure, okay, the fees were high. It, it didn't seem like a downside to me. Okay, well that's fair. Yeah, it's just like paying for house and car insurance. If you feel like you're getting your bargain, if you think you, if you feel like you're getting what you're paying for, if the fees were a hundred percent, if you feel like you have peace of mind, that's all it counts. Peace of mind, you can't buy. So that's great. Well, good point. So, so, so just by someone saying, oh, annuities are bad because yeah. Well, here's the thing. The reason why I'm not trying to attack you, I'm trying to help you. It's like if you came, if I was a doctor, which I'm not, but if you came to me and said, you know, prescribe me this medication, and I just blindly prescribed you medication, and without knowing any of your symptoms, what you're trying to, to accomplish with your health, I would be doing you dirty. And I'm So that's why I keep asking you these questions. I keep asking these questions because I'm trying to figure out how I can best help answer this question. If you don't mind the fees, you're in good shape. If you don't mind locking your, your money up four to seven years, you're in good shape. If you don't mind taking money out over a period of time until you die as a pension, you're in great shape. You bought literally the best product you can buy. If those three things if those three things don't piss you off or don't make you upset, for better better words, and or bother you at night, you are absolutely in the best product. Here's the thing. Most people, and this is why your sister said that, most people think that anything above a one to one half percent fee of in any financial charge is high. And I agree with them. Two <clears throat> I like my clients' money to be liquid, and the reason is is because things in your life are going to change. It's a guarantee that something catastrophic down the road is going to happen in your life, and you're going to need to get to that money, at least some of it, immediately. And then, then obviously, three is that annuity, when you go to take the money out, you got to take it out in payments. I like to be able to give my clients their money in whole at any time. In total. In total. Okay, let's say you hate my guts. Or let's just say you don't like guys with brown hair and blue eyes. Or let's say you don't like guys named John. Or let's just say you want to go a different route in life. I can, at that time, on a second, change your account to reflect anything you want a la carte inside a fee-based plan, which is what I do. An annuity, you have a instrument there is that is a covenant of insurance bylaws, meaning the insurance has guaranteed this money to be there for your when you die, for why you why you're living, in exchange you've agreed to hold that money in there without knowing the insurance company. I'm going to guess seven years. You've you've agreed to pay them three and a half percent a year, and you've agreed to fall within their guidelines of their investment conditions. And if you two meet each other in the middle and you two don't break those covenants, you're good to go. The problem is with my clients, most of my clients things change. So without knowing all the particulars or what you say is vernaculars. It's hard for me to tell you, yes, yay or nay, your sister's right or wrong. Generally speaking, your sister's more in the right. But, you know, everybody, I'm telling you, everybody's skill set and everybody's understanding of the investment and how it applies to their personal financial plan is different. It, it, it's like trying to prescribe a, a remedy health-wise to somebody who doesn't believe in medicine or someone doesn't believe in surgery, well, then you got to go the alternative route. Or maybe we'll offer this. My point is it's got to be individualized to what you want to do, ma'am. So if it meets what you're trying to accomplish, I say good job. 
that is a very fantastic answer. That's the best answer I've had, and it's, I'm going to use that. Excellent. Go get Thank her. you. You're welcome. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for calling. We appreciate it. The, the, the thing is, annuities are very confusing, but uh, one of the things that you've always said is no matter where you're investing or how you're investing, you should understand that investment when you leave. Exactly. And uh, and uh, and uh, she should... She should know not. To, she should know who issued the annuity, Prudential, like you said, whether it's variable or not, and what are the terms, right? It yeah, should have she been a, should know everything about it. But here's the truth: life life gets in the way, and and thank and, God and you for forget that. about and it. Thank yeah. God for that. Do you know why? It's because I can't mow my own lawn. Because mm-hmm. I can't plow my own my own uh, driveway without taking work time off at of work. So I hire a professional. She people like her keep our industry employed. And that's good for me. But I do believe from human to human, taking all the bias out of it, she probably should know a little bit more. But life gets in the way. Life gets, that's the same reason why, you know, I stretch my taxes out to the very last day. It just life gets in the right, way. Right, but when I hear you, whenever I hear annuities, my ears always pop up because I know it, when she said, well, my sister something says they're bad, she probably heard that from you. Maybe. On the air because you. But they're not uh, bad the, for everybody. I just want to make that clear. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. I mean, you use them, but you use them infrequently. I use them for estate planning, and I use them for people like my mom, who just cannot handle seeing that statement go up and down. Mm-hmm. That should be a very, that should be very few, far in between. I, I as a matter of fact, I had a. An, Which I, is I, interesting. It's your own right. mother. Exactly. My mom's a, a zero risk type of person, and I tried put her in the mutual funds and trying to get her to, to. Uh, you know, realize that what she's in is a good thing versus an annuity, and it just didn't work out on the back. I mean, it's just not her risk tolerance I mean, yeah. and that kind and of I stuff. And I put her in really conservative stuff, like American funds and stuff, and she she just cannot handle any downs. Anyways, there's just some people out there like that that just can't handle it. Um, and then that's cool. That's fine. It's just each their own. So in this case, like I had I had this, this lady that came off the show today, really, really superb lady. She got sold an annuity by a bank rep who kind of blew her off and sold it to her and blew her off, and she really didn't know what she got into, and now she she's stuck, and we're going to finally get her out of it because she's passed a certain amount of surrender period, and that's what I'm talking about. That's what pisses me off to the core is when I have a lady like that who gets across, comes across a salesperson who got a commission, the bank got a commission, and... But it wasn't in the best interest so, of the no, client. it was definitely not in the best interest. I, I interviewed her, just what you're trying to accomplish... Uh, it, none of her objectives met being into an annuity, a variable annuity. She had a variable annuity and Allianz. It did not meet any of the objectives that she was trying to accomplish, and therefore I kept And she wanted to, um, you know, obviously file complaints to the state of Ohio. It had been five years. I didn't think it was a good idea. It just it would have probably been wasting our time. If she'd have bought it within 30 days, we probably had something there. But I don't. I, Honestly, I'm not a complaint type of guy. I think you could resolve it better doing it another way. But what she had a long enough that she could get out of it was there a yeah, penalty so the though? Despite charge, the... Yeah, the surrender charge had come down. It came down enough to where it made mathematical sense because we're going to go into a fee based account and she's paying three and a half. Mm-hmm. So we're, she's going to be paying three and a half to get out of it. Excuse me, three and a half a year, three and a half percent a year to maintain it. The investments inside suck and. Uh, we only charge 1%, so she's going to get 2.5% right there this year, just on fees alone. Mm-hmm. And her surrender charge period, her surrender charge had been 4%. And it didn't meet any of the objectives, and the investments inside were terrible. And I think if I do even a halfway decent job inside the fee-based account, we'll overcome what she would have lost. So it mathematically made sense for her to get this done. 
But it, it was just wound on. It was sold on the wound. But you like, man. But the, you say you've seen yourself older people that are sold annuities that uh, go on for too long because they're old. Oh man, like right? I, I mean, I, I mean, I when, run across this all the time with Midland Life annuities. Or or um, there's a fidelity annuity out there. It's not fidelity like you think. It's another fidelity. That's called the Fidelity Assurance Company. And, you know, they're 15-year products, man. It's like, oh, why And they're selling them to somebody these? that's, what, 65 yeah. or 70. I mean, you got to annuitize the benefit of all things, which means in order to get this great guarantee they're offering, you got to stretch these payments out over a certain amount of years. You'll never get your money back out of these things, especially if you die. So, and it is your money. It is your money. And you, and you can't get to it. It really makes me, it irks me because, like I said just before, and you completely disagree when I say this, 95% of the people in my industry are really good people, really solid. They might not like General, they might love me. I really don't care. The truth is I think they're good people. 5% of them out there are ruining it for the other 95% that are bad. Because they're good. operating in their best interest. They're operating interest. in their best interest, and that's why I'm for the future. Believe it or not, that's where Trump and I differ. Uh, I'm... I'm all for that DOL role. I'm all for fiduciary responsibility. The time has come to where we, our financial advisors, act like it. And, and this, this bull crap about commissions and putting people in a long period of, of, in, of like these annuities that don't belong just to satisfy a commission requirement. That does, that doesn't get it for me, man. But you doesn't. see it far too often. I see it. It's, come, it's slowly coming to an end, thankfully. But, uh, I see it far too often is the exact, yes. Especially, believe it or not, in Florida. Oh, really? Yes. So, Where, what, you know, remember, Florida is filled with very wealthy people. And older people. And older people. And they hear those key words, guarantee, and they hear, and that interest rate's high. And they, they have trust. And they trust. And, you know, if they like the way you look and like the way you talk, and you, you're presenting... And they nice, think you know what you're shirt, talking about. Yeah, you're going to get the sale down there, and five, six years later, that guy's gone. Mm-hmm. He's off to, to gravy down. And this, and, and the, 